Brothers and sisters, we open the Word of God both in the Old Testament and in the New. We first read a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6, the verses 1 through 9, and then we turn to the New Testament and read in the Epistle to the Ephesians chapter, chapter 6, the verses 1 through 9 as well. So first, Deuteronomy 6, verse 1 through 9. This is the Word of God. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's our first passage. We now turn to the epistle of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 6, of which we also read the verses 1 through 9. Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ not by the way of eye service, as people-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. So far the reading of God's holy word. The text for the sermon of this afternoon, brothers and sisters, is the fifth commandment of the law of our God as we heard it declared this morning, and what we confess regarding it based on the Word of God in Lord's Day 39 
of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 39, page 555, in the back of our Book of Praise. There we echo the Word of God as follows. What does God require in the fifth commandment? That I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings since it is God's will to govern us by their hands. That's Lord's Day 35. In response to the sermon, we will be singing of Psalm 78, the stanzas 1, 2, and 3. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon, the Word of God is coming to us in the fifth commandment, brothers and sisters. We continue in our catechism series on the commandments to consider them as the rule for our life of thankfulness. In Lord's Day 38, regarding the fourth commandment, we confessed that we should let the Lord working us through His Holy Spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. There the Heidelberg Catechism stresses very much the unity between the Lord's Day and the days of the week. The newness of life that we enjoy and celebrate on the Sabbath spills over into the week. The rest and peace the Lord established for us and with us becomes the basis also for the relationships in which we stand in our life. To home, or rather, we start at home. In his law of love towards the neighbor, the Lord begins the second table of the law in the family with the blood relationships and addresses us as children, young and old. We all are children of parents. And so we all hear the fifth commandment telling us, honor your father and your mother. It's a well-known fact, beloved, that the family must be considered the foundation of our human society. As the word society denotes, people live together in a great variety of relationships. They associate in social bonds. That's how the Lord has created man, as social being. Then the family relationship is basic to all associations and societies. Now a society can function only when people live together by certain norms and values. For people to live together in harmony, they must keep some good rules and laws. 
Otherwise, the society falls apart into chaos. Then a living together as a human society won't be possible. That's when anarchy develops. That's what the Lord wants to prevent. Hence, he gives the fifth commandment. That's where the Lord starts when he lays the foundation for a society of peace and harmony in Canaan. In fact, he even mentions the land of Canaan. The Lord wants to ensure that life prevails, peaceful life, fruitful life, and a blessed life in the new freedom as his people. And so we see in his law, the Lord establishes the foundations of society through honor and respect, by instruction and discipline, for a long life in love. In his law, the Lord establishes the foundations of society through honor and respect, our first point, by instruction and discipline, our second point, for a long life in love, our third point. So first of all, through honor and respect. Who, brothers and sisters, are the first addressees of this fifth commandment? You would almost automatically be inclined to say, well, the children, of course. That's correct. Which children, though? Then in line with the fourth commandment, our answer should be, again, those who are addressed with the words, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, etc. Then the Lord adds immediately in the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. So the first addressees are the older children, the working children, or better, the adults. They are the first ones who are called to heed this commandment and show honor to their father and mother. The Lord establishes the foundations for his covenant nation through the generations. Adult members of my covenant, he says, life in the land, peace and order in society starts with you. You must honor and respect your parents. How do you deal with your parents? Care for your father and mother or speak about them? Whether they are still alive or not, how much respect do you show? Speaking about a fundamental question, beloved, this is where it starts. Before we focus on the children, the new generation, let us first realize how fundamental it is for your life, for your education in your family, how you model your relationship with your own parents what your children see and hear in that regard is crucial for the way they will regard you. 
respect you or not. That principle applies as well, of course, to the way you speak about teachers, office bearers, the government, etc., in the presence of your children. You will receive from your children what you model to them. Adults who show honor and respect because they realize that those who are in authority over them are important and respectable to them will lay a solid basis for their children's attitude as well. That attitude is basic for our life in our entire society. That's why the Lord starts there. Honor your father and your mother, the parents you know so well with all their weaknesses and shortcomings. Honor your father and your mother, those who have been so significant and influential in your life. People who show respect to their parents in word and deed lay a solid basis for a society in which God preserves life and blessedness. So as you realize, beloved, I haven't said a word about obedience yet or about being subject to the authorities or so. That's because the Lord doesn't speak about that in first instance either. He commands us to honor, to consider our parents weighty, literally, to look at them with respect. Only when we have seen that are we able to say something useful and helpful about authority, obedience, and the like. The Lord doesn't pursue obedience in itself, for even slaves obey, though they did not have the least bit of honor and respect for their masters. The Lord lays a basis for obedience first. Yes, and then it is noteworthy that he lays this basis with the adults, with the parents first. You know, people say we should not speak about a youth problem, but about a parent problem. Well, how true that is. Honor and respect as the basis for a society with law and order is learned at home. So the attitude and conduct, brothers and sisters, which the Lord wants to instill in us all is one of honor and respect. The obedience also, which we so easily equate with the fifth commandment, must be rooted in this honor and respect. When a child obeys father and mother muttering and complaining, we say, the Lord is not pleased, Colossians 3, verse 18. That applies to all relationships of authority, as the Heidelberg Catechism shows. That's why we tell our children that the teachers receive authority from the Lord to give homework assignments. Therefore, the Lord doesn't want the children to carry out such tasks murmuring and doing it only half-half. 
then we don't please the Lord, we tell them, because we don't honor the teacher in his position. However, then an attitude like that, an approach like that, begins with the way the parents go about their work. How do they speak about their work, about their superiors, their parents, and the responsibilities and duties that come with obedience to the fifth commandment? Honor your father and your mother, the Lord says, and that is striking also, beloved, when you look at it as the first commandment of the second table of the law. Why didn't the Lord say, love your father and your mother? And of course, as the Heidelberg Catechism confesses, this commandment implies the love for our parents and all who are in authority over us. Yet, how do you show that love when your parents are old and ailing, when they are invalid and cannot do anything anymore, by showing honor and respect nonetheless. Why? Because they are your parents from God. When you think of them or speak about them or respond to them, you don't roll your eyes sigh deeply and exclaim, oh, day. Rather, continued respect shows that you still look up to them because looking up to them, you look upon the Lord behind them. That's then also the way we show honor and respect to a government or office bearers or employers for whom we may not be inclined to have respect, yet whom we honor nonetheless because we see the Lord behind them, above them. It's in that spiritual way that we receive the fifth commandment, and it is in that way of faith in God that we model this honor and respect to our children as well. Honor to whom honor is due. I hope, beloved, that in this way the fifth commandment comes a bit closer to you, not just to use it for your children and for the peace in your family, but in your own life also in the various relationships in which you stand. It's upsetting, indeed, when your son or daughter reacts to you with disdain because parents can be so dumb at times. However, let us learn together with them to look at those in authority over us with honor and respect in spite of their weaknesses and deficiencies. Children know already that some people, like teachers or so, are respectable by their very nature or attitude while others can't keep order or turn people off. Then we tell them, still, you have to honor and obey each and every one of your teachers. Then parents should be alert as well that they express in the same vein when they speak about a government that's not to their liking or about the taxes that they despise with disdain. 
Therefore, parents and children alike, yes, every child of the Lord must learn to look at the Lord behind and above every authority. The way to learn that is by looking at the Lord Jesus, seeing how he honored his parents because he received them from his Father in heaven. Then in the second place, we see that the Lord establishes a foundation by instruction and discipline. Honor your father and your mother, brothers and sisters. That's also a commandment for parents and others whom the Lord has given authority. Yes, that's where this authority originates, with God. People receive authority. They are an extension to the Lord's hand because God wants to govern children or church members or students or citizens by their hand. That's how He wants to bring order and stability, security and blessedness in people's lives. The Heidelberg Catechism then speaks about the good instruction and discipline by all whom the Lord has given authority. Now, what is that? Good instruction and discipline. Well, that's this, that fathers and mothers show their children the Lord in everything. They show that the Lord wants to be there for His children. He does so via the parents. That's what the Lord told His disciples when parents brought their children to the Lord Jesus. Don't hinder them, for to such as these belong the kingdom of heaven, he said. There the Lord Jesus showed that we all have to receive the kingdom of God through the words, in the promises, and in the way children accept that word. Then we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism that children have to learn the words. They have to learn to believe the promises. They have to learn to trust the Lord and obey His will from the parents. Children have a strong inclination to imitation, not only in the way they look or walk, but also in the way they think and speak and do. That's why the children's obedience, their attitude, their believing also begins with the parents. Parents, beloved, are not people with a lot of rights, but people with a lot of obligations, responsibilities. The Lord entrusts children to parents because the Lord wants the children to live for Him, to honor Him. The Lord needs parents for that, who model such a life and who instill such an honor. You know, if parents serve the Lord with sighing, go to church complaining, pay the school groaning, children see that before you have even said one word about the Lord and His covenants. When parents take it easy on the service of the Lord, stay home from the services for every little ache, 
the children are the first ones to pick up on that. It's the nature of children to take that over. And its effects linger in the lives of the children. The way the parents and educators live is the model which the children follow for many years to come. Now, of course, by the grace of God, it happens that children realize the error of some ways and they make changes to the example given. The main lines, however, they learn by example. Good instruction and discipline, therefore, begins with the way the parents conduct themselves, govern their lives, and model to their children the honor and respect for the Lord and the life of faith in which everything is determined by the Lord. And following the aspect of modeling, of example, brothers and sisters, we govern the children by way of our upbringing, our education in the family. Now, you don't need to study big books for that, but it won't come to you just like that either. Parents do need knowledge for it, knowledge of faith. For two things the children need very much, authority and love. Love and authority, both and together. Parents need to love the Lord to pass on this love. And they need to know the Lord to govern by His will. That's why the Lord wants to pass on through the generations the knowledge about His Word his works, and his will. God wants us to speak about that, to talk about that, and to tell the children. That's why the parents must be there to speak about this with the children and to listen to their questions about the Lord and his will. In Israel, much instruction had to be given by means of what the children saw. Father, why is that monument standing there? Mother, why is this day so special, so different from all the other days? Those are the questions that come when there is a relationship of love and openness for listening. You know, children do not talk when you have time for them but you must have time for them when they want to talk. The Lord wants the parents to help the children serve the Lord in their schoolwork, in their time and money management, in illness, at parties, in relationships, regarding entertainment, etc. He wants you to show them what it means to love the Lord in all those circumstances what it means to live in Christ. That's how the parents in the Lord walk hand in hand with their children since it is God's will to govern them by His hand. Now, such an upbringing and education by way of good instruction and discipline, beloved, requires norms and rules and standards too. Children need that. 
They will try to see how far they can go. They need consistency in order to feel secure, safe, and loved. Blessed, therefore, are the children who have parents who dare to set rules and standards and who abide by the norms of the Lord. Even a punishment or a spanking to enforce them will be a blessing for them. That makes for healthy and stable children. We cannot leave the children's development and maturing up to themselves, beloved, as the philosophy has been for many years. The crime, graffiti, drugs, violence, and vandalism of today's society are the evidence of that. As believers, however, we know that children are inclined to hate God and the neighbor. They are unable to do any good and inclined to all evil. That's why we should be more adverse to an unscriptural per permissiveness as well. For you know what the problem of permissive permissiveness is all about, I'm sure. You know how difficult it is among the families in the church that certain families are permissive. Permissiveness means making allowance for sin, for evil, tolerating things of which everyone should know that it does not please the Lord. That's the kind of permissiveness, for instance, that allows for worldly entertainment which is not pleasing to the Lord, or a building for their faith, or educational for their development then governing your family means that you show them the Father who forbids evil and punishes sin. He is the Lord who loves righteousness and pursues what is good and pleasing and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Then the Lord will bless the family with peace and joy and happiness, which will guard the hearts and minds of the children in Christ Jesus. Children need love and authority in Him. So children, beloved, must be able to see the Lord behind their parents. There are things which the Lord cannot back up or support. Yes, then there could be an instruction and discipline too which does not represent the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they become discouraged, says the Apostle Paul. There are ways of executing our authority which God does not approve. Authority that knows duties and demands only. Or parents who never praise or reward but always show discontentment. Fathers who treat every weakness of his child as a sin. Or mothers who never express appreciation. Those are foolish parents. From the image of the Lord Jesus, however, we learn wisdom. 
and patience, gentleness and compassion. Here too, parents have to know themselves as sinners who need much time to repent from sin and change their own behavior. Such parents must be supportive, therefore, and encouraging and uplifting. So as you can see, brothers and sisters, this fifth commandment is indeed very much concerned with the adults. The Lord addresses them in regard to their own honor and respect for their parents. The Lord also uses them to instill this honor and respect in their children in the way of their love and authority over them by means of a good instruction and discipline. Consequently, we should be very concerned about the parents in the first place for the well-being and obedience and love and faithfulness of the children. Indeed, as we explain the state of safety and security in the land, from the degree of authority and discipline displayed by the government, so we must assess the state of affairs at the worksite, in the church, and in our marriage as well. Then the fundamental question this afternoon to us all is the question about our own faithfulness in showing authority and love in the place the Lord has given us. Do we show the Lord as husbands, as parents, as office bearer, as employer? Do we see the Lord behind our husband, behind our parents, our office bearer, our employer, and our government? That's what the Lord wants with the fifth commandment, for he wants the life, the blessedness of his children with a view to eternal life, which brings us to our third point, for a long life in love. Honor your father and your mother, beloved. That's a commandment with a rich promise for parents and children. This, too, is the law of life and of love. The Lord wants to show us our blessed life in the glorious freedom as children of God. That's the life parents and children will receive from the hand of the Lord, in that the Lord is not some smooth politician who seeks to win your favor with some well-sounding promises. No, He will give it, and He has assured its fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he fulfills this commandment in principle here and now as well, just as we saw with the fourth commandment. The joy and blessedness he will grant when parents show their children the Lord in themselves and in their governing, and when the children have seen the Lord by their parents and in them where parents and authorities and governments are honored because the Lord gives them their authority, their life becomes wholesome, and the Lord will give His blessing 
He does so here and now on earth already. It is important to note, beloved, how the Apostle Paul in Romans 13, for instance, calls the government God's deacon, his servant for the well-being of the people in the land. They take care of the public order and safety for our good. How important that is indeed, we witness again and again in many a country in the world. When terror takes over and anarchy reigns, there is no life. In the society of any country also, anarchy disrupts life. Today too, in the absence of good government and authority, anarchy and the mafia and the rioters rule the streets in many a nation. What pitiable situation. However, when the authority and government acknowledge God as the giver and His will as the rule for a life of order, there the foundations of society are restored. Hence we, as Church of Christ, which lives by the fifth commandment, may be a blessing to our nation. How important that is that we realize this and that we instill it in our families also. The promise of the Lord in this world, in this word of life, beloved, exceeds, however, this temporal life. We honor parents and authorities in the Lord, that is, in and with Christ. Those who are in Christ, however, do not live that way just now and then, or so once in a while, or just temporarily. Those who live in the Lord today live in the Lord tomorrow as well, yes, even into eternity. Thus we have a rich future in the Lord a future of everlasting blessedness in the land that He will give us, that is, the new earth. Amen.